0: Welcome back, finally, to the Geeks at the Gates. Been away a long time, ladies and gentlemen, but we are back. I wish we were back to talk about something slightly more cheerful, but this is the first chance we've had to get together to talk about the life and passing of the the great Stanley Lieber, otherwise known as Stan the Manly. Here in what is still the old Destination Venus shop, we are obviously now hiding under the stairs of the Westminster Island. Yeah, the Westminster Arcade? No, we're not. We're in the Westminster Arcade. We're in the Westminster Arcade. (laughs) Um, We are hiding under the stairs at the Everyman Cinema in Harrogate on Station Parade. And what was the old shop in the Westminster Arcade is now filled with a really quite scary number of Matryoshka dolls and other Russian wooden craft goods. Because my mother's taken over. Um, I'm going to leave that there, really. It's very colourful in here, but I wouldn't want to be on my own in the dark. No one can Those be TVs. told what the shop is. You have to see it for yourself. <laughs> um, I think... Come on down. <laughs> so might be, there might be a picture in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I might, make, I might take a picture and use it as the I might take a picture of the bear and use it as the... Oh, photo. yeah. No, because I'll be using Stan as the cover photo, but I'll put a picture in the show notes. I love that bear. Um, only its mother could love that bear. I fear that bear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here... To discuss the life of Stanley, we have Mr. Jack Sinclair, a knitwear enthusiast, raconteur and podcaster. Hello. Um, we have Hat, um, aspiring carpenter and artist. Hello. And we have Steve, the geek pubmaster, the king of geeks, moderately sane scientist. Hello. Um, and me, uh, Reggie Wigby, um,
1: also known as Fordy the George. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, also known as George, which is a story we might get to in the show notes, (laughs) uh, or I might just tag the conversation that caused this on the end of the podcast. Stay tuned, dear listener. Um, (laughs) If we sound a little bit cheerful for a bunch of people come to discuss the death of somebody that we all pretty much admire quite a lot, it's because it's been a couple of weeks. It was a very sad piece of news, which none of us were happy to hear, uh, but we've had a chance to get over it, and honestly... I think Stan Lee's life is one to be celebrated rather than mourned. Uh, so we're going to keep it light um, and we're going to focus on what we think of Stan and what his work means to us. I suppose I could, because I did some research, because I wrote a blog post and everything. Um, I suppose I could go into loads of detail about Stan's biography and his life and stuff. But is there any point? I think we kind of all know it, don't yeah. we? Yeah, as anybody who doesn't, I mean, just Google, just go to Wikipedia. And...
1: Oh, no, never do that. No,
0: actually, no. <laughs> go to Wikipedia, then tut. And then go to a reputable source of information. Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, but I mean, Britannica the, has a Stan Lee page.
2: So, yeah, Stan Lee. Do you think it's always going to be one of those things where were you when you found out? Like, everyone remembers where they were when Kennedy but, was shot. Well, is everyone going to remember
0: where they were when they heard the news about Stan I don't Stan know Lee? that anyone is anymore ever going to do that.
2: I was it's sitting
1: just,
0: on my sofa. Cause, yeah, because most people will have been sitting on their sofas or at their desk looking at their computer screen. That's certainly where I was. I just got in
2: from work and I got a message from a friend saying Stan Lee's dead. And I. I, I I could only reply with, damn. That was all I could think Mine... like, of. Oh, there were so many
0: words I wanted to say, but at the time it was just... I just got in from work and it was on... Somebody had put up on Facebook a link to... I think it was Hollywood Reporter's article.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and they just put, bollocks. And I shared it and just put, oh, no. And <laughs> that, was, that was as articulate as I could be. That? Yeah.
1: But, yeah. Honestly, um, I just posted a link to an article, and I just posted Excelsior, and that was it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what else you're going to do, really.
0: Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna now look at Jack, because <laughs> I'm, I know the story of how Jack found out. Yeah. And it's
4: quite a good one.
1: Well, I, I, it's the
4: weirdest one for me. It's not... Because, obviously, huge fan for many years. I've been prepping for this. You know, he was an older gentleman. It was going to happen at some And I always thought, what's going to happen when that day finally comes? And I imagined all these scenarios. I imagined... When I had the shop and stuff like that, you know, what would happen? People coming in, what would I say? And obviously, don't have the shop now. I was working at um, the Royal Hall for a show. Um, And it was just like the show was about to start. So it was the busiest period. Like, I was serving loads of people. And my manager just comes in, comes behind the bar, bar, and he gently puts his hand on the back of me and just kind of says quietly to me, Jack, just when the show starts... Um, I need to have a word with you, and then walked away like deadly. I've never. He's like a really fun guy. He was deadly serious. I was like, "What? I'm w- going to get fired? I'm going to get I was replaying every transaction I've done. I was like, "Was I rude to anyone? What's going on?" And then I was like, "I've not done anything." I, it, what could? And then I was thinking, "Is it someone at home?" But then you know, uh, why, would, why would he not take me off the bar? It took ages for the shoulder staff From that point, <laughs> you know, five minutes became a century. And then eventually, you know, I'm talking to who I was working with and saying, like, I have no idea what's going on. He finally comes in and he goes, Jack, we need to have a word. I was like, yeah, what, what's going on? He goes, OK, I think you're going to get really upset by this. And yeah. I'm, at that point, you know, every, every sphincter has tightened. I'm thinking, oh, God, who was traveling at this time and stuff like that? Has it been a car crash? And he goes, I don't think you don't know the person. I'm like, OK, but Stanley's died. The elation that I had <laughs> was unbelievable. I never thought in a million years when I finally hear those words, I'd be the happiest I've ever been. Like, it was such a relief. Which, in a way, it was probably the nicest way to come across that. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a weird one. That's it is, yeah. Well. I yeah.
0: believed
1: that Stanley is dead because my family are alive. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. The only way to get over it was to threaten, like, have fear of family death. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've got to say, because there
2: was loads of stuff in the press earlier this year about how he was in such ill health and the, the abuse and everything that he was going through with mm, his, his new yeah. manager mm. and, and, I mean, I heard some really horrible stories. I don't know if they're all true, but I heard one that, like, somebody was trying to take vials of his blood that they were looking to then mm.
0: sell online and things like that, and really horrible things. There be have good. been some, I don't know how many of them are true, but, yeah, there have been some... <laughs> and to this be honest, that I heard. even if they're not true, that someone was telling those stories... Yeah. Is, it's terrible. Is, ...is a... a a, a thing that an old man shouldn't have to deal so with. I was anymore.
2: actually going to the stage where I was waking up every morning and I check my phone first thing in the morning for sort of news and headlines and what's trending on Twitter and this and the other. And so for months I was always expecting the first news to be Stanley's passed away. And I figured mm. it would happen whilst I was asleep because it's over in the states and that would be what it is. And then he's be getting better, and then you're hearing all these stories about how well he was doing, and, and then planning all these other. and it's just like I actually think he's going to live forever I think he's going to be fine I think he's going to make it to 100 and there's going to be this amazing glorious geeky Marvel party for celebrating Stanley's centenary and then I get home from work and then oh no he's gone and it's just like damn Mm. damn Mm. just but as you said you know the guy was a legend the guy
0: the guy who's created universes therefore he's a god can not argue with that? And actually, that was one of my favourite tribute cartoons. I do you saw it. Um, I forget who it's by, so sorry for not attributing this. But it was a picture of Stan standing amongst clouds. I think I've seen um, it. With his notebook and his pens, pens under his arm. And from the top right-hand, his bottom left, and from the top right-hand corner, beam of light and uh, the voice of God coming down and saying, you're pretty good at creating universes yourself, kid. And I kind of liked that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, yeah. He is the god of Marvel.
2: I, I did a question on on Stanley Manoski quiz because we well, wanted obviously it, trying to include some current events hmm. in, into the, the second round, and it's just like, what do you do? Do you do which character did he create, and you'd be there forever more trying to mark oh, the argument, or how many? Oh, no, the argument! Yeah, how <laughs> many characters did he create? And in the end, we ended up going for to date how many movie cameos had he appeared in oh, wow. uh, from 1989 to, to present day 2018 because he may be in a few more later this year so you know, what what was it and was it um, 28 was it 38 or was it 48 38 I was going to say I'm going 38 and that was just movies not including like TV, TV movies count but TV shows count so like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Netflix stuff wasn't being counted in that as well So I mean, mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of the animated stuff that he'd been in as well I mean, he was king of the cameos, I think, as oh, well. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Quite rightly.
1: I remember the first time I saw him was in a cameo, and I remember being so excited, and it was more rats. Yeah. Like, yeah. way back yes. when. And I remember that whole conversation, uh, and it just howling with laughter, and just being like, what a good sport. What a good sport was the only thing I could think. And I must have been about... 15 or something when I saw, it was on tv and i just remember watching it just thinking that is absolutely brilliant I, I can't believe it did as that. well
2: those are probably the kind of questions i would have asked Stanley <laughs> when i was younger
1: yeah. Yeah. is the things dick made of <laughs> on a drug. On a drug yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but his, his first cameo um, which I, I do remember seeing was in the uh, the incredible hulk tv movie the trial of the incredible hulk <laughs> yes when they first introduced daredevil and as well. thor uh, Thor was not in the trial one. Thor was, in the, the, I was the in the next was incredible. one. Incredible! Yeah, he was in the second one when they first tried to create the Marvel TV cinematic universe. Um, <laughs> it didn't go all that well. He was dead in his black suit, and he you know he looked just like he does in in the Netflix show now. Um, just not as the, good. The no. fight choreo. wasn't as good. And
0: you know, um, was it David Banner? He was at He wasn't Bruce Banner. Was yeah, because Banner. the network people, um, at whatever network it was, made the Hulk TV show. Thought the Bruce was a silly name for a hero. Really? That's yeah. They they, they you can't. know a have in comics for. You them. can't have a hero called Bruce. It's it's it's, 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 it's not a masculine wow. name. Bruce Lee. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, excuse me, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they didn't want to have comparisons. Maybe, though, maybe. So um, they made him change it. But yeah, but Stan
2: was his first TV cameo, which was movie cameo, was in that as Jura uh, Number One, I believe. <laughs>
4: mm. I remember um, hearing that he was in Princess Bride too, and I remember uh, when I was at college, I saw Princess Bride was on, but at like three a.m. The Princess Bride? Not Princess Bride, sorry, sorry, no. There's a, there's a Princess Bride too? No. I got sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to get excited about that. One. I got confused, but I just saw the, the Deadpool trailer uh, for the Christmas thing. Oh yeah. Um, no. Uh, Princess, Princess Diaries, Diaries yeah. 2, sorry, um, and it was on at like three or four a.m. Uh, and I remember thinking, I'm going to watch that, see Stan Lee. And I had to sit through the whole movie because he appears for like two seconds at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of took away from it. of like, do you know what? I actually enjoyed that movie. <laughs> but it was, it was weird it's because... the
1: Anne Hathaway thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. but it's weird because it has nothing to do with him. He, he plays a guy from another country who learned to speak English by the Three Stooges. So he just talks like the Three Stooges. I'm going to go. It's like, why is he in this? And he says one line when he appears at the wedding.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a a really complex backstory for a a one-line character played by Stan Lee of all people.
0: What kind of contract negotiations did they have for that one? You know what? I bet they didn't have any. I bet that was a Stan Lee's on set. He'd quite like to do a cameo. We'll work around it. It's fine. Because if Stan Lee's on set and he'd quite like to do a cameo, you're going to uh, say
2: yes, on course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's I, I'm maybe jumping towards later conversations, but I don't think we've seen the end of Stanley cameos. I know, obviously, he'll
0: film mm. cameos.
2: For, I actually saw for a tweet today for, with a
1: list of more of his cameos that are definitely filmed. Yeah.
0: it's a question. It's a question of whether they use them, and I think right, of course uh, they
2: will. Spider-Man: Homecoming Two, mm-hmm. I guess was. I don't think they filmed anything beyond that, but I'm guessing there's probably enough footage of him that they've got and mm-hmm. they could always insert him in well
0: so you know. also now i think somebody suggested they could always see him like governor tarkin and i that would be ridiculous i hope they don't do that but they don't have to because there's so much footage of stan lee mm. from his entire career yeah that you know you don't have to use stan 95 year old stan lee footage you could use. Stanley at fifty. You could use Stanley at forty, and yeah, you know, and, and just use, just use, it. and yeah, you could, you could go all Forrest Gump on it and actually engineer him into the actual scene, or you could just have him on a screen in the background. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think Marvel will
2: be more clever and creative than that. I think. I'm that, sure they will. I have a feeling they'll do something like they did with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where in the movie you've got a planet that looks like Douglas Adams' face. I wouldn't, yeah, I would be very mm. surprised if they don't do something like that in the next
0: intergalactic Marvel movie. Then suddenly they go past a planet that looks that awesome. looks like Stanley. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's how that's how you do it in Guardians movies. So, assuming there's, sort of, oh, sure. assuming they do any more Guardians or, movies,
1: or, or or you know adverts like just have him in yeah. background. Yeah, well they've Bill done Bill that. Bill they've Bill done
0: that in
2: Daredevil. Bill.
1: Yeah, he's he's been on a billboard in yeah, yeah, Daredevil.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a police chief or something, isn't he? Yeah, they yeah,
1: been... just keep sneaking him in like yeah. that. It's a it's a classier way than than, than talking to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you couldn't do that. Just you couldn't weird.
0: do that. That would that would be. I think that actually would be disrespectful. Yeah, in a in a way that do you know. The Governor Tarkin thing I don't think was disrespectful to Peter Cushing, but because it served the story, it was,
4: Yeah. you know... I'm sure but, Cushing probably wouldn't have disagreed, but yeah. But,
0: um, <laughs> that's possible. Actually, I'm not sure. Do
4: you think?
0: I'm genuinely not sure. There's a, there's a bit of me that thinks that Peter Cushing would have thought it was hilarious. I suppose, yeah. So
2: that's should we right. talk about Stan's creations or co-creations?
0: Actually, before we do that... <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, the
2: right, yeah. that's the before, right way. Yeah. Co-creations. <laughs> before <laughs> we do
0: that, how did everyone... Sort of become aware of Stanley Spider Man's Spider-Man. Amazing Friends, the cartoon. I actually knew Stanley by his voice before I knew his face. Me too. Yeah, we're of a similar. I'm, I know I'm older than you, but I we're of a similar age. Yeah, I'm what three or four years older than you. Thanks, so, Yeah. So we grew up watching the same cartoons. Yeah. It's just you were watching them as a justifiable age, <laughs> um, and I was. Aren't you too old for this now? I was. I was getting the. Aren't you? Spider Amazing Friends, and on Saturday mornings. There were reruns of the 1960s animations that were also the Fantastic four
2: and the Iron Man and Captain yeah. America ones, yeah. And so I, 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 six o'clock in the morning on Channel 4 was the time to wake up to watch the Marvel cartoons from, yeah, back in the days, yeah.
1: Yeah, whereas in the 90s they were on at about, it was Marvel Action Hour yeah. at around about eight. Yeah. And then you'd wait and you'd just like go do something else for a bit until Ivan Kicking came on. And yeah. then you'd get Spider Man and then, and then X-Men. the X-Men. Yes. That was the 90s. Yeah. And that was good. Yeah. That was great.
0: And so, yeah, so I grew up sort of wondering who this Stan Lee guy was that was, hey, true believers, it's <laughs> <Here's> me, Stanley. <laughs> we can't do Stanley, Lee. Um, but, yeah, so that's so, so why, and also, God, I must have told this story in the podcast before. Uh, but I'm telling you for different reasons now, so never mind. Uh, it's a matter of um, of record now that I was not allowed to read comics as a kid. You see how well that turned yeah, out. Yeah. I was a Boy Scout, because of course I was. And uh, one of the things we did back then was collect waste paper. And on one of the one of the waste papery collectiony things it's weird, you never do that now. As like a twelve year old kid, I was going knocking on strangers' doors and say, Got any got any waste paper? And like people go, Oh yes, Come in and help me carry it out. And you just walk into completely strange people's houses. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of the... We have blue bags for that. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. one, one of the collection things we did, I went around somebody's house. And it was one of those ones where their son had clearly just gone to college. And I was presented with a stack. And I mean a stack. It was about five feet high of um, Marvel UK Star Wars weeklies. And I haven't got them anymore, and I'm gutted. You <laughs>
1: yeah, didn't the take big... those to recycling, did
0: you? Um, no, they just got destroyed through over-reading. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: you know, the magazine-sized black and white ones. Yeah, yeah. Going right back, I think the earliest one was 1977. Star Wars Part 1 kind of thing. Uh, and the backup strips were things like uh, The Power of Warlock and The Silver Surfer and Deathlock the Destroyer. Deathlock the Demol- Demolisher. Deathlock, anyway. So this is why these are also my favourite Marvel characters. so the first ones I knew. Um, And obviously, those comics did not make it to the waste paper collection point. Um, I hid them under my parents' caravan until my mum went out. And then I took them and hid them in the back of my wardrobe. (laughs) And they had, like, Stan Lee Presents written on them. And I was thinking, who's Stan Lee and why is he presenting this? And there was one weird one I remember because it was uh, uh, Power of Warlock. Comic, and it had it was like an eight page introduction to who is adam warlock and it the, the the words said hey crew believers it's me stan lee answering the question who is adam warlock and the picture was some alien dude saying this and so for quite a while i thought that <laughs> stan lee was a bit like Tharg from 2000 ad <laughs> and he was like a fictional character um and so i was a bit confused about stan lee i had a similar thing as it. well with the the nuff said uh-huh. I didn't know
2: what "Enough" said no. meant for the longest time in comics. So yeah. was, Who's Nuff and yeah, what did and he Nuff, say? Like, <laughs> and just like, "That's what I was thinking." It's like, "Who, who is Enough?" I spent ages, and then it, it was only then when I heard Stanley say it. It's like, right now, I get it. Now yeah. I understand what it is. The other my other introduction to Stanley was I have, I still have it, is a um, Spider Man annual from whenever the Spider Man TV series was on so that's what seventy-eight, seventy-nine. Yeah. 79
1: I think I have that it's, it's a blue one oh no mine's orange but I was given it yeah um, someone bought me it off eBay and
2: it has it's got a, a comic strip inside it's also got a prose of Spider-Man story and then it's got pictures of the TV show as well. I loved that But there's TV one bit show. at the back and it's basically got like the Spider-Man fact files about how strong he is and you know, it's got him lifting the weights and it's also got like the Thing and the Hulk and Thor also lifting like sort of kind of showing his strength comparison mm. to, to them. And it's got this great one where he's jumping across a street and it's kind of got his, his shadow kind of showing the route he's taken to jump and spin and do all these tricks and everything on. And then it cuts to a picture of Stan Lee and a picture of Steve Ditko and Stan is there, furiously typing away at his typewriter, and and Ditko's there falling asleep. It's, it's the classic pictures of yeah. them that yeah that, that mm-hmm. Ditko drew, and so that was the other thing as well. I knew that Stanley was the writer and Ditko was the artist, and so I kind of knew then that he was he was the word guy and um, mm. not the picture guy. Because I think a lot of people still think that Stanley
0: drew an
2: awful yeah. lot. I have That's read. Weird. Mm. Sorry,
1: I just find that so weird that people yeah.
0: think he drew. Yeah, now I've read this week people saying that Stanley drew Spider Man.
1: No, no,
0: he fucking didn't, and. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody else seen that abomination of a t shirt? Which is, I mean, it's, it's the worst kind of profiteering anyway. But someone's done a t shirt, it's a black t shirt with an acrostic. It says Stan Lee in red down the middle. And then across, it's like the, the letters for Stan Lee are pulled out of words of characters he created, which include Deadpool. Um, who else is Wolverine. on there? Thor. I think Wolverine's on there. Oh, yeah. And
1: it's like, what? But uh, if you if you like a Stanley buyer, like if you Google who did Stanley create, Thor comes up.
2: Yeah.
1: Thor is on the list, and I'm like, Thor is a Norse god. <laughs> no,
0: but Thor the
2: created yeah, for comics, yeah, yeah, created but for still.
1: comics
0: by. But still not created for comics by Stanley. No, that was that was Kirby, wasn't it? It was. And here begins the discussion. Shall we get into this well, get This, is, this, is, the thing,
3: cause Just, know, this is
0: not uncontroversial. There's clearly <laughs> been an awful lot of legality
2: surrounding Stanley. By, and I'm sure a long, long time ago, it was, I'm Stanley, I created Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. I, I do all these appearances and, and everyone goes, Stanley, you created Spider-Man, and they ask him all these questions and he always tells the same stories about how he came up with it all. And then I'm sure at some point along the way, Steve Ditko or somebody representing Steve Ditko said, hang on a minute, he's taking all this credit, he's taking all this fame and all this money, Steve Ditko isn't. Don't you think maybe there's enough here we could maybe have some kind of legal action to say, hang on a minute? And I think Stanley probably turned around and went, do you know what, you're right. Because now, whenever you see any later footage of him, he's always the first to say, no, I co-created. And I don't know if that's a legal requirement that he says has to say that. Or if it's the fact that he realised I mean, actually no, it was the honourable thing to do was to say no. I only co-created, and but he sometimes he would say who he co-created with, other times he wouldn't.
1: The number of articles I've read about this since he died is like kind of insane. Mm. There's, there's there's so many like Stanley was amazing. He created all these people, and they are clearly very poorly researched articles from various news organizations just going we need to report on this because he was huge. Whereas then there's like various other places who who have actually discussed like. Him falling out with Kirby, him then reconciling with Kirby on the radio show, and all that stuff that happened in '87, yeah. and like all the other different things that happened. And there was an amazing one which I couldn't find because I wanted to tell you about it today. I couldn't find it again, which I read on like just after he died. That was kind of explaining about how Stanley's greatest creation was himself. Yeah, almost. I think I've read the same article. Yeah, yeah, and how he actually like created the character of Stan, who is. The guy that says Excelsior and, you know, all the all the bits mm-hmm. that we know that they're, like sound bites. And also is the one that says, I did this, but Stan behind the man is kind of more like the the guy that you're saying, uh, yeah, actually we can share this. I think actually. you're right. I, yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting take on that whole situation.
0: I think there is a difference between Stan Lee and Stanley Lieber. Yeah. I think they're oh, not the same so person. Yeah, one is definitely a persona. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean touched on it already with poorly researched articles and people who don't know what they're talking about saying oh yeah stanley created deadpool um which i'm sure as a heck of a shock to rob lethal and anyone who worked at marvel at the time that deadpool was created when stanley didn't work for marvel so but an awful lot of things have been attributed to him that he has not claimed Mm. I mean, way, way back. I think even as as early as like the '60s, um, he was credited as the creator of Captain America, which he what? definitely, no. which he definitely wasn't. <laughs> no, but he was the guy who brought Captain yeah. America back. But he, but he was the first person to say, "No, that wasn't me. That was Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby did that before I worked in comics."
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, because Stanley's first job in comics was fetching lunch for Jack Kirby back back when what became marvel was still time maybe he served it on like a tray with a star in the middle <laughs> and, you know that gave him the inspiration so maybe he did create it uh, it's it's <laughs> and so i think i think a lot of and and a lot of a lot of people who do know what they're talking about and therefore perhaps should know better have read poorly researched stuff that's misattributed things to Stan Lee and got mad at Stan Lee and not at the idiot that wrote the article. I think there's, there's a bit of that. It's become thing.
1: so tangled, though, like you can't mm. really pass all the different strands of who's to blame for this complete nightmare of everyone just yelling. And mm. yeah,
0: and I think also we need to just recall for a second that context is king. And back in the nineteen sixties and the seventies, people didn't regard creator rights in the way that they are regarded now. Mm. And honestly, I think the attitude might largely have been, who the hell cares who creates Spider Man? Stan Lee is the front man of the company. Yeah. 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 Stan Lee is Marvel Comics. He's our mouthpiece. He's our fog. Mm. Nobody ever complains about what Disney I think Stan Lee, certainly early Stan Lee, is very much on that model. He is the figurehead. He is the voice. And I've said this before to all three of you, probably. So sorry, but I'm going to say it again. It's important to remember that Stanley would not be Stan Lee without the likes of Kirby and Ditko. He just wouldn't. He's a very good salesman. But it really does help when you've got something amazing to sell.
3: Yeah. yeah. And
0: he happened to find himself running a company that had some geniuses working. In it. But equally, Ditko was a recluse who didn't like talking to people. And Kirby was an artisan. He, I don't, Kirby never really saw himself as an artist from what I've read. He saw himself as a, a craftsman, a, you know, a worker, mm. not a creative genius. Yeah. He, he came in, he sat down at his desk, he drew his stuff. I mean, there was, so, there was no pretense about Jack Kirby. The, if you look at the picture of his desk, it's a piece of wood. When of the um, instances where they
2: didn't actually collaborate together, it would be, I threw these pictures, you then put the words to it, and things like that. Yeah, the word well,
0: that's, right but, but, yeah I mean, that's kind of the Marvel
2: method. Be, yeah, actually. it's the
1: Marvel method, isn't it? Um, yeah.
0: And so, you know, Stan Lee would always have... Uh, Jack Kirby would always have been a genius artist, a genius story creator, without Stan Lee. Steve Ditko would have been a genius artist without Stan Lee. We'd probably never have heard of either of them unless we were really, really, like, niche geeks. Because they would well, never... Well, we are, currently.
1: They would... <laughs> you <they would>, niche,
0: <laughs> They would never have... They would never have got the attention they got if they hadn't had someone like Stan Lee, who functioned very much like a fairground barker. Um, you know, he was, like, Come over here and look at this. This is amazing. It's me, Stan Lee, bringing you the Hulk, which I totally didn't create, but I'm selling it to you. And that, so people associated him with that.
3: Yeah, and yeah.
0: Ditko and Kirby and many others would never have got the kind of attention that Stan Lee got them without Stan Lee. So it, th- there is a symbiosis there. And there's probably some jealousy in there as well. That you know, Why should he get all the limelight?
2: and Why should he hog... Why should yeah. he have as many sexual partners as Mick Jagger? Which
0: rats told us he clearly had. <laughs> yeah. um, do you know what? He was married to the same woman for 67 years. I, I, I'm not entirely sure that was true. I think Kevin Smith is correct <laughs> and how dare you argue with Kevin Smith. <laughs> Although I have Stanley described as the Hugh Hefner of comics, so... I do love that he is... It was the, his first cameo in
1: Iron Man. I can going to say yeah. that's yeah. the joke in yeah. Iron Man,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a great aside, which has got nothing to do with Stanley, but it's involving Playboy. A digression and... on this podcast. This is this really is a very, very, very quick story. i
1: <laughs> only the one that keeps us on no, target. I, I, I only
2: heard this recently. Apparently, back in the in the 60s, at the height of the the Batman TV show fame, Adam West and Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler, were mm-hmm. invited to the Playboy Mansion for an orgy, and apparently they were both kicked out because they stayed in character as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> And so we we're, were therefore uninvited from the Playboy Mansion. I just love that. Anyway, that's my side. Cut it if you need to. But... <laughs> I'm leaving
0: that in. I don't even <laughs> care if it's true. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you know, it, I, I think I think the point I was trying to make is that it's true that Stanley would have been would not have got where he was without the likes of Lee and uh, Lee, mm-hmm. Jim Lee, Jim Lee, the likes of Jim Lee. <laughs> we're <good> with that. <laughs> Uh, The likes of Ditko and Kirby and and people like that. Um, But then neither would they. Yeah. And it's also fair to say that the Marvel Comics contract and the Timely contract and the Atlas contracts back in the day, if you looked at them now with a half-decent lawyer, you'd be told, don't put a pen anywhere near that piece of paper. Wasn't
1: he the only one employed by Marvel and the others were freelancers? Yeah. This is something I've read from... Brilliant was was this multiple times. Yeah. It, was, it
0: was more the deal about who owned the work and who had the rights to
2: things and who uh, got yeah. paid. Yeah. Uh, and even now, I think there's there's an awful lot of a very great area of you yeah. create there is so an, much... an alternate version of Spider-Man. You don't own that yeah. character
0: even yeah. though it's not Spider-Man. It's yeah. a different version of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't sign those contracts now mm. but they were the signed the contracts at the time. I mean, everybody was using the same standard thing. A DC... DC offering pretty much the same terms as Marvel in the 60s and 70s. And nobody goes after Julie Schwartz, who was the Stan Lee of DC. Largely because most people haven't heard of Julie Schwartz, because he wasn't Stan Lee. (laughs) And didn't say, it's me, Julie Schwartz. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't imagine why. So, yeah, you know, I I honestly think that Stan kind of gets a pass on all of that. Because that was the way things were done, and he didn't do all of it.
2: Yeah, I have been noticing an awful lot of people on groups and forums kind of trying to be the, the angry nerd and sort of say, no, you can't give Stan... You, you, yes, it's, it's a shame that he's passed away, but he's always been stealing the limelight like, from Dick Cohen. It's just like, well, no, he hasn't, because I've seen so many interviews where he's been giving credit to them. Yeah, Just maybe not initially, but yeah, definitely... He, you know, in, think, in the last 20, 30 years, he's definitely been giving
0: credit. I think he... Well, he has. He definitely has. Um, OK, maybe he didn't do that. You know, when I... He first became the associate editor. I think was his title. When he at was 19, time, he was 19 years old. At 19 years old, I would have claimed credit oh, for wow. Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then he went in the army, and he was in the army until 1945. So I think he was about 24 when he came back to Marvel to what became Marvel. Man, if I was going to be held accountable for some of the shit I said in in my twenties. Oh, God. Um, I, you know, so it sort of makes sense that he made some stupid decisions at the start of his career because he was a kid.
4: Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it never got as bad as like the whole Batman fiasco, you know?
0: No, I mean, I, I mean, if we want to do a comparison for taking credit for other people's work.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Hello, Bob Kane. We're looking at you. Mm, yeah. I mean, even in death, like Is that it, gravestone. It's on his bloody gravestone. <laughs> Link in the show notes.
1: Um, Yeah. I.
0: Sorry, hat. you're looking amazed.
1: I, I know none of this. Right. I'm not a DC person. I've been Marvel my whole life. I've come to DC as a grown-up. <laughs> okay. Okay. I put my hands up. I know nothing That's about right. Batman. You're not expected to Batman, i all there. <laughs> Batman, okay. I no idea.
0: <laughs> the history of DC Comics, until very, very recently, has said... Batman created by Bob Kane. Yeah. And? (laughs) (laughs) It now says, Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And the reason it says this is, it is true that the idea for a character called Batman was pitched by Bob Kane. That's true. There was already a character called the Black Bat, who was a lot like Batman, um, which Bob Kane probably had read. And also, if you look at, what Batman, as envisaged by Bob Kane, was, you would not recognise it as Batman. No. He's super red, for a start. Um, everything, everything you associate with Batman, from the Batmobile to the bat-like cape, as opposed to some kind of wing contraption, um, the, I think the Batarang... Bat Signal? Uh, the Bat Signal, the costume, all Bill Finger. who was the artist. And in, ver- in a very real sense, the relationship is very much like Stanley and Ditko and Stanley and Kirby. Bob Kane is a reasonably charismatic man who was very good at self promotion. And he was very good at pushing his character and became associated with the character. And Bill Finger was, you know, he's not, artists are often quite quiet, shy, introspective people. That's why they choose to do a thing where they spend all their time alone in a room. Yeah. And I think that was, just, Yeah. yeah I, I'm looking at the artist. I
1: like being by myself. I'm looking
0: at the artist in the room. And, you know, so Bill Finger wasn't out there shouting about how he created Batman. And so the legend... The difference here is that Stan Lee, who may or may not have done that at the start of his career, by the middle of his career was saying, what do you mean I never created Captain America? That was, that was... Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby, and uh, yeah, I, I came up with the idea for Spider-Man, but, you know, the suit, that was dick. Why am I talking this ridiculous?
1: I <laughs> say nothing like you're that. It's almost as bad as that time you did in Australia. We've turned your I don't know what you mean, <laughs> Mike. Um, by contrast, Bob
0: Kane, I was going to say to his dying day, they say, I created Batman by myself, but he didn't do it to his dying day because it's written on his gravestone.
1: Oh, I am every... presenting that image now. That is just horrifying. When
4: you read some of it as well, it's going really bad. Stick a, we're going to stick a link to this picture in the,
0: in the show notes. it's only been, um, I think, in the last, is it two
2: or three Wow,
1: years? that is terrifying. <laughs> oh, dear. God, No. <laughs> It's bad. That's isn't really it? bad. That's the second worst gravestone I've ever seen.
4: <laughs> second. Oh, word. now we need to know what the worst one
1: is. <laughs> I recently found a gravestone. This is totally off target, but all right. I was in a graveyard recently. Um, I'm glad you
0: qualified that because otherwise, what would like a random gravestone? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was in a
1: graveyard recently um, because my father-in-law died, so we were at a burial. And then I happened to be walking back, and I saw a gravestone. And my graphic design, many, many years at university, artist brain turned inside out because it wasn't centered all of the text for the top half of the text of like the name of the guy when he died loving memory is all completely shifted to the right it's not even right aligned no no it's just out of line with the center mark of the gravestone and then somebody's obviously come along and go shit you can't do that and then the bottom bit is in the middle and it is the worst thing I have ever seen in my life it horrifies me that someone's family let that happen <laughs> so that is only really the second worst gravestone I've ever seen because that that, that thing is an abomination Honestly, that's
4: the problem you see that carved it in stone like... you know, what if the person who died was a graphic designer and they just they did that, and they're like, I just want to like do right way? Up. Doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> just so yeah, every single word. i
4: it was written in Comic Sans. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is the truth.
1: That is the truth. Do you know what? Oh, the horror. I'm not going
0: to have a race time because I'm going to be correct. But I, if I, was, if I was, if I was, I'd do my I'd do it in Comic Sans. Just we'll uh, get your little blue plan. Just a bit. <laughs> my
1: my tutor at college always said Comic Sans should only ever be used by seven year old girls writing poems about unicorns, and I agree. I don't agree because I, I don't
0: think it should be used by seven-year-old girls either. <laughs> it's horrifying. Isn't Watchmen in Comic Sans? Not quite. Comic Sans allegedly is based on the font in The Watchmen. Yeah. Oh. But I can read Watchmen without my eyes bleeding so yeah. it can't <laughs> be <one laughs> in Comic Sans. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway.
2: But yeah, cause I think it's only, going back to Bullfinger because I think it's only recently in the last is it maybe two
0: years mm. or so that it's actually been, it's not been long credited as co-creator. And they certainly would never have been allowed to do it while Bob Kane was alive. No. Wow. Uh, yeah. there was, I can't even remember what it
1: was, but there was something. Stan is looking bare Yeah, by so, so, so by <laughs>
0: comparison, Stan Lee is an absolute saint. Yeah. Should we talk about favourite Stan Lee co creations? I, well, I I've got go to start with Spider Man. But I'm not going to. Okay. Uh, because Spider Man's obvious, and everybody knows about Spider Man. And Spider Man's kind of like the gateway yeah. character. I'm sort, of, yeah. I'm sort of tempted to mention um, a character that a lot of people haven't heard of. And which I've never read, so I can't talk about it in detail. Um, but Stanley did co-create a character called Stripperella. I'm not shocked. Who fundamentally not shocked? <laughs> there was a cartoon with Pamela Anderson as the voice. I think wasn't there? I think there was. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> again, we, not shocked. We sort of come
3: back. <laughs>
0: we sort of come. Are. We sort of come back to the uh, Hugh after of comics thing there. Um, well, that was the nineties. That was not.
1: It was not a good time.
0: No, really. no, that, that's. That's not the most sexist, appalling thing that happened in comics in the 90s, by any means. I mean, there were quite a lot of Marvel covers that were worse.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> you are not missed. Nope. No. no. Except for Vertigo, which was awesome. Uh, it's, uh, Sandman, Hellblazer. Yeah. I read a lot of Vertigo comics in the 90s because everything else was cross.
1: Mm. I I was reading... Uh, I didn't come into what I My marvel introduction was marvel action Hour, spider-man x-men saturday morning television yeah. that was it because harrogate in the 90s was a comics wasteland um where you could only get the big spider-man comics and the beano the today yeah. Spider-Man. so i have those they yeah. were my first introduction to marvel comics and i have them yeah like that, that was that was when i learned who stanley was, was, was merry like, marvel marching society yeah etc etc it was like
2: amazing spider-man spectacular spider-man web of spider-man and some of the original amazing uh, Spider-Man comics all
1: reprinted together. No, 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 those. They're like, the ones that are just slightly bigger with the cardboardy cover. Oh, right. Yeah, which I used mm-hmm. to get from the um, uh, newspaper shop that's now sort of near, uh, opposite the Victoria Monument. Yeah. Yeah, so I used to go in there and they had Deadpool versus Wolverine, um, X-Men, and Spider-Man. And I started buying the X-Men and Spider-Man when I was uh, about there. I, it, was,
2: yeah, well, I, it was called The Complete Works of Spider-Man that I, I started getting, which was, I mean, this was 1991. Yeah, and uh, later than that. And, uh, that was great because it was four Spider-Man reprints in one issue for like one pound twenty-five. It was brilliant.
0: You see, I was an idiot <laughs> because... I was at university at that point, and so I was shopping in comic shops, because I did my first degree at the University College of Ripon in York and John, which is a terrible name for a university college, because it's really hard to say. I was in the Ripon bit, but there was a free minibus shuttle service to York, so I used to catch it and go to New Earth Comics in New York, and I would buy my comics there. So I eschewed the British reprints on the grounds that they were British reprints. And I like the British have, reprints. I could have saved
2: myself a bloody fortune. The thing is, well, though, the British reprints, they actually did British them. Because I remember there's, there's some, and I still have some of them, they've clearly tipexed the word colour and then handwritten OU <laughs> <laughs> into That's it. Awesome. That's to, actually, to actually make it proper British. That's awesome. I
1: was going to, if I'd had time today, but I didn't, I was going to dig them out of mine because I still have those comics that, uh, in my loft um and they're too big for a long box yeah <laughs> they are too big for anything that is what
0: frustrates me they about british reprints
1: really not great but that was that my first real yeah my, my first real foray into comics of stanley and marvel and everything and they were great and i loved them i really did
0: so so who else are we going to credit to stanley then we've got so far we've got stripperella and spider-man which is a team-up i want to see <laughs> daredevil yep Co-created with somebody who wasn't Steve Ditko or Stan and I can't remember his name. Shame on me. Come on, Jack. You must
4: know. you? Yeah, but yeah. No, no idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I could look it up. I'll say what. Dear listener, um, hmm. nip to the Destination Venus website, destinationvenus.co.uk, um, click on the link to the blog, um, and then click on the on the <laughs> blog post, In Memoriam Stanley, because I think I mentioned it in the... Links in the show notes. Uh, and... Not just links in the show notes, but the answer to who Stan Lee <laughs> created Deadpool with. Because shame on me for not no, knowing. Not I should Not
1: Deadpool.
0: Know that. Daredevil. Daredevil. Daredevil.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I'm looking on the wall. There's a copy of Daredevil just so that we can, like...
0: Stop thinking that Stan Lee created Deadpool.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it was
1: wrong. No, really... <laughs> I can't believe I have got that
2: stuff
0: in my head. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna report that as facts at some point. So obviously Incredible Hulk, although technically it's Jekyll and Hyde, really, isn't it? So, yeah. but it's Yeah, happens. and actually as a sidebar... Anyone who's not reading The Immortal Hulk needs to sort their lives out and start reading I've The Immortal heard good Hulk. Things. I, I've it's just... brilliant. Al Ewing is knocking it out of the park. It's taken it right back to its horror comic roots. It's a proper Jackal and Hyde story. And they haven't retconned Bruce Banner being dead, because he still is. Um, it's just that The Hulk can't die. Oh, wow. So Bruce Banner died, and Bruce Banner dies a lot in this comic. <laughs> It's um, like Groundhog Day, but <laughs> well, he just keeps trying. And every kills. time, and, and and no, he's trying not to die because he hurts and he can remember it, and it's not very pleasant. But every time he dies, he turns into the Hulk. When it when night falls, the Hulk comes back. Oh right, and he brings Banner with him because you can't kill the Hulk, and they really have. I'm not no spoilers because I really want people to go and read this, um, but they really have. Gone to the ultimate end of you really cannot kill this character um, with the most ingenious way of imprisoning the Hulk I've ever seen. It's on an aeroplane constantly travelling west, so it's always going heading into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? No, although it wouldn't surprise me if the bad guys tried that at some point. But no, it, it involves a lot of jars and formaldehyde. That's all I'm saying. It's it's just so good. The Hulk as a character is so engaging he's he, not even trying to be likeable is he smarty hulk or is he he's smart and pissed off yeah. he's not genius level hulk he's he's no amadeus joe yeah um but he's intelligent and pissed off uh, always and yeah it's really good sounds good but yeah i mean he was involved in the hulk i think he's one of the reasons that the hulk wears purple trousers because <laughs> he wanted something distinctive. It's a richer colour, isn't and, it? Yeah, and green yeah. and purple yeah. are, is a, is a, a yeah. memorable colour combination. And Because I know he originally, I'm pretty sure I read that he originally wanted the hall to be grey. Well, yeah, I think the very first issue, he was grey. Uh, and they realised that... digital printing error or something, he then became green So oh, yeah. fine, we... It we was green! Because green stands out more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, there's a great little bit. This isn't a spoiler. It's a little bit in one of the early issues of the Mortal Hulk. We have a flashback to a young Bruce Wayne before the accident Bruce Wayne Banner <laughs> say, what is wrong with this <laughs> um, a flashback to a young Bruce Banner still at university pre-gamma radiation accident with his college roommate and his roommate's taking the piss out of his choice Banner's choice of suit he's like no purple's an up and coming colour everyone's going to be wearing purple suit and that's why the Hulk's trousers mm-hmm. and I really love that but uh, yeah Immortal Hulk fantastic book and yeah, the whole co created by Jack Kirby and Stanley. And I think Jack Kirby comes first there, I think. Mm. Yeah and I
2: suppose probably the after Spider-Man the, the biggest creation that, that Stan is probably best known for is going to be the X-Men because that's the point when so like, I've run out of things for people to be bitten and yeah. G-
0: yeah. So I can't be bothered with origin stories yes,
2: anymore that have industry, it, isn't yeah, isn't it born this way yeah
1: I absolutely can't be bothered with origin stories anymore so I'm going to create something that is actually massively relatable for large swains
2: of the population but, but then also every single teenager ever as well yeah, because totally. every single
0: teenager is that
1: I'm going else. through some yeah. changes
0: and nobody understands
2: me
1: but yeah. that's Spider-Man though isn't it Spider-Man is the teenager going through changes and they're way worse than everybody else is. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So that character, they exist. And, well, then, and then throw the X-Men Spider-Man, after that. Spider-Man is
0: also, um, I mean, I related to Spider-Man. This is, again, this is not a shock to anyone. I was
1: bullied at school. Can you yeah, even, me too. Can you believe yeah. it? Um, <laughs> I would be shocked if anyone in this room wasn't <laughs> no effect, everybody goes but like it's a room of nerds I think we were probably all so, picked so on you, a little so bit so
0: why you think there are geeks out there that are more niche than us and also weren't bullied <laughs>
1: um,
0: but Spider-Man for me is like the ultimate bully victim fantasy it's like yeah. yeah you're kicking sand in my face but I could totally break your jaw you but um, well, then also, Flash Thompson is also the biggest fan of Spider Man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and in secret, I'm this incredibly cool guy. And, you know, and, and so there's that. And I really don't think it's a coincidence that if you look at early pictures of Peter Parker and then you look at a photograph of Steve Ditko,
2: yeah.
0: it's like, hey, that's a self portrait. That's not even
2: subtle. <laughs> Have you seen the, the likeness of Tom Holland and young Stan Lee as well? That's yes. Been doing their yeah. as well. That's yeah. freaky similar. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah, they really, really are. Yeah, they really are. Um, And then, of course, there's not Captain America, but I am going to mention Captain America just a little bit. I should have told this story earlier. In fact, no, I'm not. I was going to say I might actually edit this and move this little bit earlier on in the podcast, but there's no way I'm going to be bothered to do that. (laughs) Um, But Captain America is the reason there's a Stan Lee. You could, if you really wanted to be Ponzi, you could argue that it's true that Stan Lee didn't create Captain America, but Captain America kind of created Stan Lee because the very first time. A young 18-year-old... 18. Year old, 18 um, a young 18-year-old Stanley Lieber, first used the name Stan Lee, was on his first writing gig for Timely Comics, which was a little bit of filler. It was a prose Captain America story in Captain America number three. And it's only there... If, if anybody's got one, sell it now. <laughs> it's going to be worth a fortune. If anyone's got one, it's worth a, it was worth a yeah, fortune yeah, already. But it's now
2: worth more.
0: Um... And it, the only reason it was there, it didn't even have to be good, which is why they gave it to the 18-year-old office boy. They probably, you know, when you come back with those sandwiches, we need you to do this.
1: And you know he changed his name to Stan Lee because he thought that he was going to make his fortune as a novelist using yep. his real name.
0: He wanted to, be, he wanted to write the great, <laughs> great American novel, and he didn't want Stanley Lieber to be associated with comics. <laughs> so, but the only reason he was there is there was some dispute in the US at the time about the postage rate for comics. They knew what it was for magazines, for prose, but there was some suggestion that it should be higher for comics. And to get round that, publishers put prose stories into comics so that they could go for the magazine rate. That's the only reason it was that. So it didn't even have to be good. As long as Um, And one thing he did create in that story, that was the first instance of Captain America throwing his shield like a frisbee and having it bounce off things and hit people. So he didn't create Captain America, but he did create the shield frisbee thing, which is the best joke in Age of Ultron. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, he affected Captain America. Um, So, there's that uh, Doctor Strange. Mm Hmm. I think he later did say that that was all Steve Ditko. Wouldn't he say it's maybe
2: just actually not created by anybody, just maybe a ton of (laughs) (laughs) LSD?
0: I don't know what you're suggesting. (laughs) I I don't think that any... In fact, if Marvel's lawyers are listening... (laughs) I'm going to go on record and say that no employee of Marvel, at any level, has ever been inspired to create a character after using illegal substances. That's my firm belief, and I would not assert anything else. Disney just point that phone down.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of Disney's lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is Iwatu one of uh, the Watcher. Is I think he, he must he, be. Is he a Stanley? I he feel might, like he is. I think he's a Lee and
2: Kirby job. Because he first appears when Galactus Silver Surfer
4: showed up, didn't he? I feel like that, but I just, I'm, I'm trying I, to Google it. I know, I know definitely
2: that. the Watcher was present in that. One of my favourite Marvel stories is uh, Marvels by. Um, is it Yeah, Busek and uh, Alex Ross. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the things that I just discovered it in, in graphic novel form. And if you've never read it, it's absolutely brilliant. It's the story of. The Marvel Universe, from the point of view of a normal human who happens to be a photojournalist mm. <laughs> um, with a wife and, and kids. Um, basically, he is present as a young man when Professor Phineas T. Horton first reveals the original Human Torch, and he sees this man set on fire, and this thing. The thing, first of all, it's, just, it's a mannequin covered in <clears throat> that he's lit, and then it moves, and this thing says, "Yo," it looked right at me, and it's, it's, it's a, it's. Beautiful artwork, and it's, it's stunning. really, really well done. Um, and it kind of covers all the key points of Marvel history from from pre war. Um, so you've got like, the first appearance of Namor arriving, and, and what's what's going on here. And then he joins the army very similarly to Stanley. And there's a, there's a great closing part at the end of uh, chapter one, which is him writing a letter to his fiancee as you see Captain America and Bucky and the invaders being parachuted into a, a German
0: uh, fort. It's brilliant. I want to read it. I want yeah. to read it that Early 90s. Yeah. Early, yeah. early 90s stuff. I don't second, have a copy in the shop. Obviously. second chapter is... Um, but Steve just reminded me why I need to get some. The second yeah. chapter
2: is essentially the day the Earth stood still where Silver Surfer and Galactus shows up. But at the same time, you've also got everybody's now loving the superheroes because the Avengers have arrived and Captain America's come back. And, the way, and everybody's just so happy about every single event that's happening in it is attributable to an actual event in a comic. And so if you get to... You'll spend more time reading the index of the book to say, on this panel, on this page, this is taken from such and such an issue, this bit, where well, this happened.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Want Even
2: that. newspaper articles are based on real events. It's-
1: it's, no, the best it. thing. it's
0: the best thing that Marvel did there's in a, the whole of the 1990s. There's a great thing. moment where they go to... Um,
1: and sorry, a, sorry, that's not hard. I mean, it's not, <laughs> that's not that's hard. really not hard.
0: It's sorry. not a high bar. Sorry. Book, <laughs> but it's also better than most of the stuff they did in the 80s and the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's well, a great moment.
2: It's just, it's just a <laughs> few simple pages where they're going to Alicia Masters' uh, sculpture art gallery, opening night, and the heroes are there incognito looking at their hero statues that she sculpted. And so you've got Matt Murdoch touching oh,
3: wow. Daredevil and cool. things like that,
2: and then she meets she meets Tony Stark, and he starts saying it's wonderful. And he's the ultimate sort of Errol Flynn, and actually looks an awful lot like Timothy Dalton. You can see kind of the the photo images that he's used for, for a lot of the characters. Um, there's the third issue, which is Reed and Sue's wedding, but it's also the Brides of the mutant threat, and that's a brilliant juxtaposition. The, the day that the uh, Reed and Sue announced their engagement was also the same day that the Sentinels invaded New York and so you've got this everybody's having these wonderful moments they're going to have a big party and then suddenly panic on the streets it's so so well and the final chapter is uh, this guy's called Phil Sheldon um, and he's decided that he's going to put a book together of all these photos and everything that he's, and he's going to call it Marvels because that's what he likes to call the superheroes and he meets Gwen Stacy and he's chatting with her about different things because he believes that Spider-Man is one of the good guys no matter what J. Jonah Gibson says and he's worked with Jonah since before the war and this that and the other and then he she goes into her apartment to go get something and then he looks up and Green Goblin has kidnapped her and takes her to the bridge and it's just and he's running and he sees Spidey fighting and it's just and he sees a fall and it's You know what the end is going to be as soon as the chapter starts. But it's heartbreaking. It's so, so well done. Um, So if you've never read Marvels, I can't recommend it highly enough. And there's a great cameo of Stan Lee in there, sitting... I've forgotten that! ...on his own at the bar, looking really glum. Yeah, I've forgotten that. Yeah, it's so, so good.
1: Yeah, together. I wonder where I can get that from.
0: (laughs) I, I suppose you could go to Destination Venus... Uh, underneath the stairs at the Everyman Cinema on Station Parade in Harrogate. Or, I suppose, if you don't live in Harrogate, you could go to www.destinationvenus.co.uk. Not that I would be so shameless as to use a podcast about Stan Lee to plug the store in any way at all. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't mention it if nobody (laughs) 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 said Other other comic shops are available. If you have a local comic shop, please use that.
1: Is that who else? Well, you mean you've touched on a fair few. Uh,
0: have Have we missed anybody glaring? guess I mean, we could have a quick rundown of the people that Stanley didn't create, like Wolverine <laughs> and Deadpool and Dazzler and the Inhumans and. So okay. So did he? Did he create Thor? Because
1: he. Yeah, this is it. Did he create Thor? Did he create Fantastic Four? Do you, like there yeah. is there is because there's there's debate. I think I think in all of these, every, there's debate in all of this man.
0: Part of the problem is, and we've touched on it already, is the Marvel method, mm. where, which as far as I know, they, they still use, um, where you write a script, you give that to the artist who looks at the script and draws it, and then you give it back to the writer, who then does the spe- puts the speech bubbles in. Yeah. And, I read... be, be, and, so, and so things things get changed between the script and the thing.
1: Yeah, I read a thing where it basically it, it was regarding Spider-Man. I know. Yes. No. Oh God! I can't remember now because I read so much. Um, no, it was it was Kirby, so it, it can't have been Spider Man. It, it basically said he, Stan said this is the story without actually scripting it in the same yeah, way you would is, script it, and then so in it. this issue, the this whole is what
0: happens beats up a guy and smashes a building. Yeah, and, basically,
1: yeah. yeah. And then Kirby drew it, and he went back into it and then made the words fit what had been drawn. Yeah. Um, So the
0: artist isn't even working from a script. They're they're working from a story idea, (laughs) which they then have to have to make, have to spread over 21 pages of four colour artwork.
1: Yeah, which is craziness.
0: But I mean, mean, again, it's like that because Marvel in the 60s was a production line.
1: Yeah. From what I've read, Marvel doesn't quite work well. No, that's not true. From what I've read, Runaways does not work like that. I think, uh, which is a Marvel property. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think, mean, in, you know, in that it is written, it's scripted, and then it is drawn. I think modern, that's
0: more or less. It I think modern good. Marvel is has, has moved away from <laughs> that now, and it is worth remembering that pre-modern Marvel did go bust. Yeah. And I I wonder how much of the insanity of their production method <laughs> <laughs> had yeah. to do with that. I,
1: I can't. I just for me I cannot see it being a functional way of working like because it means that the artist has to do way more work than they necessarily should because a script in theory should like say this is what a character says x then stage direction essentially (laughs) is like this is what happens character runs from a to b to do this to save this person from that threat and then this happens and then they say this line so it's 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 very much like writing a play, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and that's how it should be. Um, and that's not what was happening at Marvel. They were going, very definitely yeah, not. this is going to happen." Bye, nice. and yeah. then just like the, the all of it's left to the artist. That would horrify me. Like, <laughs> well, see, I <laughs> here, have free reign. This is basically what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you. And um, you know, I think that's. I would be very mad if someone then said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I made all of that up," because clearly they didn't.
0: And I think I think that's maybe the root of mm. the misattribution problems. Uh, because, I mean, if you want to logically follow that all the way down the path, given that Stan Lee would say, OK, we're going to do an episode, an issue of the Hulk and he's going to fight the guys, the army guys, he's going to smash them with a tank, uh, then he's going to be chased into the city, he's going to knock down a skyscraper, and then he's going to be caught in a big net. Go Android. Can we really say that Stan wrote that? How much, how much of that story can he be said to have wrote? He had the
1: story idea. Yeah.
0: But then... He
1: conceptualised it, and then he scripted it, it after
0: yeah. the fact. But then the artist... And then he goes back and puts the words over it, and I can see... And this is where you get into things, like in terms of movies and TV, this is where you have like, writer's guilt and things like that to make mm. sure that... Yeah, I can certainly good. see that it would be a bloody nightmare for a contract lawyer now. Oh, God, yeah.
4: I suppose there's also the thing of, like, that's all well and true, but also... It's who, because really these characters, like, they've got particular, like, the reason people love them is they are, like, moral ideals in a sense and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Who injected that? Because I would say that, that, yes, the aesthetics are incredibly important, but the meaning of the characters is, I would argue, is the reason why they're so popular as well. Like, Spider Man, particularly. I'll buy that. Yeah.
0: And Uh, I I think that will stand. Yeah. And the reason I think that will stand is. Everything he said publicly ever,
3: mm. yeah,
0: pretty much. I mean, I, it's been doing the rounds on social media. Uh, I think it was the 68 Stan soapbox where he calls out racism as the biggest
1: problem the country's yeah. Yeah. got. That's what I posted when he died. Yeah. that's horrifying, the one thing. That I put horrifying that that's still relevant today. But prior to that, he they refused to have a standpoint. Apparently, I read this today. Yay! Because I was like checking up, just making sure. Apparently, they refused to until that point have a standpoint on anything political. They tried to divorce themselves from politics. And then something came up, and Stan went, "No, I'm going to take a side," and that was that. Yeah. And then he posted that. Abel well, posted that, he and I think that in.
0: And I, but I think that. even prior, I mean, prior to, they, they may have, hadn't had an editorial stance. Mm, yeah, but I clearly mean, they
1: have a stance. I mean, clearly, <laughs>
0: clearly, the X-Men were an allegory for the civil rights movement, uh-huh. for example, uh, and have since been used as an allegory for homophobia um
1: that's the thing for me when i watched the x-men as a kid on tv before comics were available to me on a regular basis from a lovely person in a comic book show, <laughs> um i watched it and i was like holy fuck <laughs> like and and it, the whole a lot of things made a lot of sense and you know thanks stan because i <laughs> felt a lot less alone because of the x-men which is I great think right here. like <laughs> i think there's
0: there's yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. In, in Stanley's storytelling, and I think there's a lot of that in his general attitude. And so, yeah, I think the mor- the morality of Marvel Comics, mm. I think, was Stan. Yeah. I, and I think it has to have been because he was so much the frontman. That had his attitude been anything, had he been a massive racist, it would have been impossible for that to not come through.
3: Mm, yeah.
0: uh, but instead, uh, another character he didn't create, but instead he published the Black panther in the 70s and you know at a time when a movement called the black panthers were regarded as a bit of a problem by some people yeah Mm -hmm. um and you know i don't see any evidence of him ever trying to shy away from that again he didn't write it and he didn't draw it of course he didn't draw it but yeah it's not his comic but he published jack kirby's comic I think it's Black Panther number three or four, where he fights the the clan, and the only the only concession they make to not getting sued by the KKK is they spell "clan" with a C. (laughs) But yeah, the cover is him leaping out. Is is the Black Panther leaping out at people wearing robes and hoods?
1: It did the rounds earlier in the year when the film came out. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, come on, he was not subtle. No. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and and I think that Muranti was important. I think the fact that he he created and published, whether he graded them or not, he published and encouraged characters who were slightly more real, slightly Mm. more, you know, they were characters, they weren't Superman, they weren't Batman, they weren't square-jawed father figures.
1: No, it was with kid
0: With kid sidekicks who looked up to them and Mm. who were there to be condescended to and have the plot explained and occasionally be rescued. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, Spider-Man is a teenager. Yeah. And he's Spider-Man. He's not Spider-Teen. He's not Spider-Boy. He's not Spider-Kid. He's Spider-Man. And do you know what? I first read Spider-Man when I was 16. And I liked that a teenager was given that level of respect. um, Because I didn't feel I was getting it when I was 16. Because of course I didn't. Because I was 16. Um, and, And Yeah, that matters. I'm sure that mattered to a lot of teenagers in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I hadn't even really thought of it like that. Yeah, when you say it like that, yeah, of course it's... And, you know, and Spider-Man's got problems. And, you know, a DC character of the same era could never have Peter Parker's origin story because a DC character in the same era would not have let the robber get away, would not have stood back and said, that's not my problem, Yeah. But Peter Parker did that and then was made to face the consequences and now has had to live with that since 1963. (laughs) That's. Okay. I'm still wait. I'd, I'd, He's now
1: Spider wait, OAP.
0: Every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because the Marvel Sun goes slower <laughs> around the. <laughs> and, and you know, and the X, the, you know, the X Men aren't like the Justice League. The Justice League certainly in the 60s was all, hey, jump, um, and they all got on and they all liked each other. They were on the same side. Yeah. Wolverine and Cyclops hate each other. Mm. They're on the same team. They fight side by side, but they don't like each other.
4: Yeah. And that's so much more real. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic Four didn't have costumes at first. You know, yeah. They were just a family of explorers. And Ben Grimm's not thrilled to be a superhero. Yeah. No. He'd rather not have that, thanks.
0: Mm. <laughs> you know, it's... Mm. And, you know, that was revolutionary. That was groundbreaking. And a large part of that... It may not have been all Stan, but a large part of that was Stan.
2: Mm. I think as well, Stan, even the stuff that he didn't write and, that, as you're saying, yeah, the stuff that he, he still promoted and, and made sure that people were aware of. You hear all of these stories, and I saw something recently, which was a kid who back in the, I think in the late 70s, wanted to subscribe to three Marvel annuals. Did you, have you seen all this? It was Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's brilliant. Cool. And he had to send in 75 cents in a postal order. He didn't have a postal order to do it, so he sent three quarters. And it made it all the way to the Marvel subscription office. They returned it to him so I said, no, no, we can't accept cash. It has to be in the form of a check or a postal order, so sorry, we can't do it. He was then so worried that he was then going to miss the the date for the subscription detail that he he was then going to miss on these these issues of these comics that he desperately wanted to get these annuals. So he wrote back and said, "I can't do this, but I, 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 can you hold them for me so that when I can do it, I'm not going to miss them." they wrote back. No, sorry, we can't do that. Forget it. So he then went back again as a, a complaint, but all the time maintaining his politeness and respect for Marvel. Stanley found the letter. Stanley wrote back to him and said. I'm so sorry you've had to endure this stupid bureaucratic nonsense in the Marvel subscriptions department. We would never want to do this to one of our avid fans. Here, have the three annuals for free, and accept my apologies. Handwritten, Stanley.
0: Stanley, S- ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, there's a bit of me that says, of course, Stanley did that. What a fantastic publicity stunt! Except we've never heard about it until now. Yeah. yeah. And so that was just genuine respect for the fans. That was genuine. And I think it's really clear, another reason why I love Stan Lee, it's really clear that Stan Lee loves us. Mm. He loved the fans. Yeah. Um, Have you seen
2: the, the Comic-Con documentary that I think is the guy who did Supersize Me, Morgan Spurlock, um, and it's called oh, is it, something like Comic-Con a Fan's Journey or something like that? I've heard of it. And it's produced it. by Joss Whedon and Kevin Smith, uh, and I think Stan Lee's got involved with it as well. And it's following a group of different people at Comic-Con. One's a cosplayer, one's an artist, one's uh, a toy collector, uh, and, and just a few other people as well. And it's, what does San Diego Comic-Con mean for them? And one guy's like, I have to get this limited edition toy. I've got to make sure that I get this toy. That's all I'm there for. In other words, I'm entering this cosplay competition. I've got to make sure that my costume's the best. Another other is I'm bringing my art. I want it to be seen by the people in the biz, and so they can get it. A- and there's one and they just follow Stan Lee around for a day. And it's just him walking to something, and there's a thousand people just chanting,
0: Stan, Stan, Stan,
2: Stan. And it's just like, nobody gets that reaction. He's
0: following Stan Lee around at Comic-Con and, it's but just there's, been amazing.
2: <laughs> but yeah. then they show him where he's at, and he's signing comics. And there's, there's grown-ups. There's people escorting little kids. they. There, there's, there's kids dressed up as Spider-Man, and they're like, thank you. And he says to everybody, and he's... He has time for every single one of them. And he, one kid comes up and he says, who's your favourite superhero? And this kid says, oh, it's Silver Surfer. And he goes, oh, mine too. And you just go, he knows exactly what people yeah. want from him. But, yeah. and, you know, it's it so, may, it's the whole, like I said, yeah, there's a difference between Stan Lee... And Stanley Lieber, and I think that is where he's playing Stanley. Mm. But by, just by having that, you get that feeling that he is listening to you, he's completely there for you in that moment when you meet him. I mean, I never got to meet him. Um, I had the opportunity to go down to, I think when it was at London Comic Con a few years ago, and I really, really wanted to go. And I regret now that I didn't go down and get to meet Stanley. Yeah, same. I, I, I didn't want to stand in line for <laughs> five hours and spend a phenomenal amount of money to get something done, but now, by God, I wish
1: I have. Yeah, yeah I, I saw someone, and I cannot for the life of me remember which artist it was, but um, a current comic book artist, saying, I met Stanley at Comic-Con, and he is the nicest man I ever could have met, and he had time to talk to me and talk about what I'm doing, and he was interested, and he was engaged, and then he went on and he is scheduled five times more than I am. And he was like 90 odd years old. Yeah. And it's just like the guy was scheduled to the eyeballs for the whole of every Comic Con he went to. Because he had so many people to see. He had meet and greets, photo ops, and then every panel that they threw him at. And it's just absolutely amazing that he was doing all of that at the age he was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, this, <laughs> this this this, art, this artist just going, you know, and, and they're knackered doing... A third of what he was doing—it's just uh, incredible. And really incredible. I that's why it's fair
4: to call him a legend.
1: It's absolutely oh, a yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Absolutely a legend. Does anyone actually know someone who doesn't like Stanley?
1: Large amounts of Twitter—we're um, no, I mean, not really that keen. Yeah,
2: but <laughs> I, I think if you go on certain comics forums, you may find a lot of
4: people in those yeah. sections. But personally, does one. anyone actually know no, someone? I don't. I know. And actually, I know one person. That's it. I,
1: what is their reasoning?
4: Myriad of reasons. Um, I just find it amusing because I remember staying till the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 for uh, the end credits mm. and just to like show how much he hates Stan Lee the fact that it was Stanley, he punched the back of the cinema chair he was so enraged he genuinely hates him
1: <laughs> what does Stan Lee <laughs> ever do to him? I don't know wow <laughs> Was he just really upset about Gwen Stacy? They like, might I mean... Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm mad about it, but I don't know Stanley
4: because of it. But, yeah, it's, like, the only person I know who, like, genuinely is like, no, Stanley, made no time for him. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, he has certain points about, like, the creative Almost worth getting him on the podcast to discuss it. <laughs> I actually asked him if he wanted to, and he was like, no, I won't. Because he didn't want to, obviously... I do ruin the whole event. Destroy. <laughs> I do listen
2: in to a uh, podcast. It's a movie podcast, uh, and they're very big about Marvel movies. And there's one guy on that podcast who hates the fact that Stanley has cameos. And then after it was announced that Stanley had passed away, he was just like, "I know I didn't like his cameos, and they really took me out of the moments in the movies. But I never wanted him to go. <laughs> like, it's just like oh, I'm, I'm gutted now that he's gone. But now I
0: don't have anything to complain about in Marvel <laughs> movies. But also, it's yeah. You know, there was uh, I saw on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted one of you know one of those. So, which famous person are you surprised isn't dead? And on the day Stan Lee's death was announced, somebody did that, and somebody tweeted Stan Lee. And then Lee, about twenty minutes later, Stan Lee's death was was announced, and it was like, I really didn't mean that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <And>, but... <laughs> Twitter for him is death note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. So Stan, what can we say? Actually, there is one thing. Clearly that we have to say uh, to, to, uh, to wrap this up. Are we going to be choosing to say it all at once? Are you going to try and do Stanley accent again? No. <laughs> I've got too much respect for everybody here and all the people listening to ever try that again. Okay, I might try and do Badger one again in the future. but <laughs> What did you just say to me? <laughs> so, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap. I mean, we could talk forever about Stanley.
1: We haven't discussed his villains, which... I think I personally feel is
0: is missing out. (laughs) Then we'll do that. (laughs) We (laughs) edit out the last
4: thirty seconds. We also haven't we also haven't discussed the DC Comics. What if Stanley created? To be fair, you could make a whole podcast alone on just Stanley content. Yeah, to be honest.
0: yeah. I, yeah, I, I. think we won't discuss the what if Stanley created the DC universe because I don't think it was his finest work. No, it definitely wasn't his finest um, work. When he tried to take credit for creating Superman and Batman, I think it, and Sandman. I yeah. think, it, I think he might have phoned that in, actually. Um, and I wouldn't have blamed him. I think they stuck his name one out of Um But yeah, let's talk about his villains because we haven't talked about his villains. And actually, I don't know that much about his villains. I don't know which of the villains he created. Uh, Magneto, Loki, uh, Green Goblin. Obviously. Well, all so, the, all so the we're Spider-Man not sure. We're Spider-Man not sure Spider-Man if he is. created Thor, but we are sure he created Loki. <laughs> what, in terms <laughs> of Loki being a comic book villain, yes. yes.
1: In, in the same way that you know Thor existed, mm-hmm. also, Loki existed. But yeah, all of the Spider-Man villains, which is like yeah, so that's huge. Green, Green, Green Goblin, Volcher, and
4: a villain roster. Your family created Venom? No,
1: Was
0: Venom too late. Venom's far too late. Too late. Venom's, um, yeah. Fun Venom's, and... Venom and yeah, Venom Secret Wars, isn't he? So that's um, uh, well, no, because Secret Invasion, sorry. No, see, well, he the the black suit came from Secret Wars, but at that point it wasn't Venom. No, no, but the Saga of the Alien Costume is what created Venom, and that started that basically starts with the start of the black costume. Yeah. It? So first first appearance of Venom is late eighties. Uh, it is issue two nine eight, oh.
2: which is Tom McFarlane and David. Michelin, Some something like that. Michelin, I've, got by, uh, I've, I've got it. I've got it. Without Spider-Man,
1: we'd never have had them. <laughs> <Well, you know, laughs>
2: That's true. Know in a roundabout way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, way. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, because I know initially that I think the first proper Spidey comic book villain was Chameleon. I think it's Spider-Man issue number so one. I'm deferring like, to you on this. So... Amazing Spider-Man number one, it was Chameleon. And so that was going to be, he was going to be like the mastermind behind all of it, and then it was almost like, "Oh, we've accidentally created Green Goblin, who's so much better." Yeah, that has to be Spidey's main
0: yeah. I've always liked Antagonist. It. I remember a story. For, I again, mean, yeah, Stanley did not write this, but it was a Stanley Presents. <laughs> um, I think it was an amazing Spider-Man story. It might have been a web of. I was reading all the Spider-Man books at the time, so it couldn't any it could have been spectacular either. For all I know,
1: I lived that um, period of time also. But
0: there was there was one where uh, a storyline where J. Jonah Jameson had been kidnapped and was being held captive by a Chameleon. Who was then masquerading as J. Jonah Jameson? Bizarrely, because he wanted to use the Daily Bugle to discredit Spider Man. And I think it well, we'll just leave Jonah. Spider was already happening. Um that really didn't make sense. But I, I, but that was I think that was my first Actually, is it fair to say that I think Spider Man's greatest villain is J. Jonah Jameson?
3: Oh, that's oh, fair. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I think that's fair. Which makes which makes the current iteration of Jonah really interesting because he knows now yeah. and he's not okay with it, but at the same time he's not out at him. So has anyone played the new Spider Man
4: game? No, I really want it's, to it's up there for Spider Man stories. Um but their version of J Jonah is too realistic. I can't stand it. he's, <laughs> he's gone all Info Wars. I was like, of course he would be, because yeah. that is exactly yeah, of course what he'd he be, would like. be Yeah, he would be,
0: wouldn't he? Yeah. I said, no, actually, no, no, he wouldn't. Do you think? No, well, he wouldn't be Infowars because he'd be on the internet. And he'd be he'd very opinionated. I do think he would
1: call himself a spider truther.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and he'd probably, he'd probably be what, what I would describe as alt-right, too. But he wouldn't be what's-his-face. I'm not even say, I'm not saying his name for two reasons. First of all, because he doesn't deserve the publicity, and second <laughs> because I can't remember what it is. No, I can't.
1: Um, <laughs> um, and that is the best thing. <laughs> oh no, no. Quite <laughs> has quite Frankly.
0: It has just come back to me, but I'm still not using don't, it. Don't he that. wouldn't be Infowars, because Joe James Jameson does have some journalistic incredi- uh, integrity. He so would shout though. He likes shouting. Yeah, the, the, the but he something. wouldn't yeah. Yeah. He's not, he would shout, he would rant, and he would certainly spin things yeah. and put his own gloss on events. Mm. Spider Man, menace or threat. You know, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> he but he wouldn't actually make shit up no, whereas InfoWars demonstrably does that yeah. so he wouldn't be InfoWars. Wars yeah. he would be news but he wouldn't be fake news or lollies as we prefer to call them <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he'd certainly be on the, I mean he would be J.J. Jones would now be on the net
2: I think yeah. Magneto is probably one of his, his greatest villains as well because oh. it's a villain that you totally see his point of view yeah on.
1: Absolutely, Magneto,
0: um, I, and I like that. I mean, a lot is made. Certainly, in the movies a lot is made of the fact that um, Magneto is Jewish and Holocaust. Oh yeah, it's a lot more sympathetic right. and stuff. Um, I don't think that was initially no from the start. But he was created by two Jews, and I think you can see. That, I mean, no, they were not as on the nose in the 1960s, and they wouldn't have been, I don't think, in the 1960s, about the Holocaust and stuff. Well, no, well, wasn't he, it initially
2: that, one, that Professor X was Martin Luther King and that, you know, was... Stanley says
0: Stanley, Stanley. says not, um, but... The carols go- were there. I'm, yeah, I'm going to pull my English teacher credentials out and say that if you can see that and justify it, yeah. If you can justify that reading, then it's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I failed to see, whether it's deliberate or not, I failed to see how they could not have been influenced by that. Um, I mean, certainly Magneto is... I mean, the things he does are villainous. Well, he um, formed the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. That kind of helped give <laughs> it away, so... Mm. Clues in the name, guys. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, his motivation is... He isn't doing this because he wants to... Ru- Actually, no, he is doing this because he wants to rule the world, but he doesn't want to rule the world because no, exactly. he's a megalomaniac. Yeah. He wants to rule the world because the world is currently ruled by people who want to destroy him and his entire people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that character was created by two Jews who both served in the Second World War. I I refuse to believe the influence is not there. It must have. It may not have been conscious, but it must have been there. It must have. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes Magneto powerful because it's very much a, a repudiation. Why can't I speak to him? But he, Me English. Good. He's, uh, <laughs> English teacher for 16 years, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a repudiation of the anti-Semitic contention that people of Hebrew background are secretly controlling the world and, you know, and, gra- yeah, yeah. and grasping and stealing and really incapable of looking after themselves. And then you've got Magneto who says, "No, hang on a minute! You tried to destroy me and all of my people, and fuck that noise! We're we're going to st- we're, we're rising up against this." Um, I want to see the issue of X-Men where Magneto says, "Fuck that noise!" <laughs> I would like
1: that
0: so much. But
3: the weirdest thing
1: is because because I've seen the film so much, I'm just seeing yeah. Ian McKellen saying, yeah. "Fuck that noise," which I actually weirdly can see. Yeah. I am totally <laughs> hearing that in Ian, Ian McKellen's
0: voice and. Fuck that. <laughs> yes. I, you <Al> know, <laughs> I, I kind of need to make that happen now. Um And actually, um, Professor X, not a villain, clearly, but his response to the attitude of non mutants towards mutants, I think that's also coloured by the fact that he was he was created by a couple of Jews mm. who served in the Second World War. I mean, Stan Lee did not go overseas; he worked in the signals. Yeah. He was he was attached to signals, but he did um, information leaflets and training films and stuff. I um, <laughs> you may choose to call it that like the US government called them information films um, and I actually don't know what Jack Kirby did in the second world war but I know he's because uh, he's older than Stan so I, I, he may have been too old to actually serve on the front line but I, I'd now like to think that he was running black ops with Christopher Lee Yeah,
3: that would be that so would be, cool yeah yeah
0: it is, there is certainly a story which I've, I've read in several sources from different people who had reason to know because a couple of them would, would have been there, that pre-Second World War, late 1930s, a couple of guys turned up at time, as what was then Timely Comics in New York demanding to see this Jewish guy who was writing all this shit about Hitler because um, Kirby was writing Captain America at the time. Yeah. Um, you who's know, this guy who's having a go at Hitler kind of thing? And word got up to Kirby that these guys were in the, in the lobby and he was like, right, <laughs> rolling his, his sleeves up and going down to, to damn well have it out with him, uh, which is a very Kirby thing. Um, and I absolutely believe that's true. Um, so I can see I can see Jack Kirby with a rifle and a helmet on. But I suspect he was too old. I don't think that would have stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 they both served and they both lived through it. Mm. And, you know, yeah. it was not ancient history to them. No, it was something that had happened in their lifetimes and not that long ago. Yeah. So th- there must be that reaction. So I think I that's think one of the greatnesses of Magneto. He's, he's a villain with a point.
1: Yeah, you absolutely see his point of view. Kind like
0: it. Killmonger, which is why Killmonger's such a good villain in Black Panther. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: The movie. I have no idea what Killmonger's like in the comics, because yeah. I've never read Black Panther comics, because there's like 30 in existence. Dr. Doom's
4: his, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Dr. Doom. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. Um, he's, he's interesting, because villain, definitely, mainly through ego... And name...
1: <laughs> and name.
4: Again,
0: it's a bit. This is this is a clear case of normative determinism,
4: isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's but, called Victor but, Von Doom. There's <laughs> not really any hope. Yeah, for yeah. but he actually has a fully functioning country. Yes. Like he actually does make things work, and so it's just like he's a villain, but only by difference of opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's an interesting one because he's not outright. I'm going to destroy but everything. He's, he's like, a, no, I could just make things run well. He's not a villain in
0: Latveria. Exactly. In Latveria, he's in charge. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's loved
4: by his people particularly. But yeah, I think it depends on the right. Sometimes it's depicted as absolute fascism, and sometimes it's depicted as people are kind of just fine with it.
0: But certainly, everything he does in that is legal. Yeah,
4: because he's the well, Lord. he makes it the law. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: <laughs> and also, what I like.
1: Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral. That's yeah. true.
4: Yeah. <laughs> And to be fair, like I know it's not Stan Lee, but like the Secret Wars Hickman run, like mm. Doom becomes a god and he becomes good. Like he realizes, like well, yeah. And yeah, did it, you read Infamous either? The tones for yeah. Lot and of his, on the, in jokes.
1: Runaways, the Doombots are actually in current Runaways. There's a Doombot helping uh, to rebuild. Mm.
0: The,
3: um,
1: in Moon
0: Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Luna Lafayette's sidekick is the talking head. Of a Doombot. <laughs> and she uses it to help her with like genius calculations and stuff. Yeah. But it's still a Doombot, so it's still like, the answer to your question is so and so. Also, I shall crush you and take over the world. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's um, very Doctor Who. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fairly sure that whoever had that idea had seen Handles. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Again, not Stanley by any stretch of the imagination, but the infamous Iron Man mm. was a fantastic one with Dr Doom in the iron man armor at trying so damn hard to atone mm. really trying to be a good guy and nobody would let
4: him because there's like, no no I don't believe you this is some kind of trick you're Dr Doom and <laughs> even with like the stuff that he didn't write it came from his foundations.
0: yes
3: yeah. but... I mean
4: this is yeah. not,
0: I mean there's a, the, I mean we had this conversation the other day uh there's a very real argument you can make that the entirety of Marvel is now fanfic. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it is.
0: It's now, you know, everything at Marvel is now written by, written and drawn by people who grew up as Marvel fans. Yeah. 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 They now just happen to be getting paid by Marvel to write Marvel yeah. fanfic. And they get to say that the stuff that they're writing is canon, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm jealous. <laughs>
1: uh, but it is fic. It's all fanfic. Like, and DC. But everything,
0: everything written in all franchises now is fanfic.
1: Surely.
0: yeah. Surely, I mean... Yeah, they hired Simon Pegg to write a Star Trek movie. You know, that's the <laughs> ultimate in fanfic. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the people who were who were doing the Star Wars movies now, they grew up as Star Wars fans. Yeah, you know, it's very professionally done fanfic, and it's got the stamp of authenticity on it. But ultimately, they'd be writing that shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know,
1: yeah, they're
0: just lucky enough to be getting paid for it. Right, Should we say then worst Stanley villain? <sighs>
2: And where does Galactus fall in this? Because he's kind of a good... He is, he's kind of a good villain, but he's also... I incredible.
0: loathe the idea and concept of Galactus. I've never got him. He doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why he needs... It. Galactus is basically a big dude that eats planets, yes? Yeah, yes. Why does he need a Herald? What
4: is the point of the Silver Surfer? Ego, I think, maybe? Yeah. When you're in the embodiment of entropy, do, do you really need reason <laughs> behind anything? You
0: know, it just doesn't make any sense. And...
4: And um, why and um, because no <laughs> um, if you could, if you ate planets and could you'd think well i'm not answering to anyone like, uh, i not and that's sort of my point yeah i don't think i <laughs> so you don't really need the server sort of to go down and go by the way <laughs> i mean why would you tell people you were coming yeah fair chance i suppose so like, where are they gonna go <laughs> that's not his problem if they don't
0: have spaceships <laughs> so, so the silver surfer is Galactus' way of saying how's that space program coming yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, the answer for Earth is not well
0: so I'm not a big fan of Galactus and I'm afraid I'm not a big fan of the Sandman are you not? The, that's the dude made of sand the, yeah not the Neil Gaiman <laughs> character <laughs> yes who Stan Lee did not create no
1: um, I actually kind of I like the Sandman as a conceptually as a villain I do not really care for his motivation or anything, but I like the idea of a guy that's made of sand.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. That's, that's a
1: great idea. I like
2: to actually, there was, there was a time when he became a reserve Avenger, like he decided that he was mm-hmm. going to go straight and, and wanted to be a good guy um, and decided that he was going to start working with, oh, this is like probably 90s Marvel as well, so it was like, really, it, was, it was White Vision and, mm-hmm. um, and there was a guy called Rage who wore, like, a, a Mexican wrestler a mask. mask. Um, but he was actually, essentially, like, a 14-year-old kid who had somehow just roided up into being the size. And it was just like this. And, yeah, and Sandman was trying to be a good guy, be an Avenger, and it was just like, what on earth? So I have I've some love for Sandman, but... I think that was Thunderbird 1. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear that on the podcast, there was some very loud engines going
0: very very loudly it down the road. It was probably one of the several Lamborghinis that you see driving around yeah. there again.
1: Uh, it's one of
0: the very few small Yorkshire towns where you can end up at the traffic lights in between an Aston Martin and a Lamborghini.
1: And uh, whilst seeing a Ferrari, Bentley and a Porsche yeah. around you very Waitrose
0: Car Park is <laughs> an astonishing place. To I saw an Aerie Latin the other week. Did you? Yeah. So cool. I'd love an aerial Latin. We've, we've gone off target.
1: <laughs> I... But yeah, Sandman. No, I, it can't, I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff within the Marvel universe that I just really appreciate from a conceptual standpoint. Like, I like the idea of him the fact that he is essentially... He can become lots of bits and then come back together. Yeah. I think that's a really cool idea for a villain because he can essentially just go, oh, I'm going to hide here on this beach, and then when Spider-Man comes along, I'm going to get him. And he can just basically be a beach. And that I think he so. is at one point in one... At least he is in
0: the TV series at least yeah. once. Can and you know, recent, nothing nothing else. Recent, a recent Spider-Man cover has Spider-Man sitting making making sandcastles. Yeah, it's, on the sand it's sand such list.
1: a wonderful joke. Yeah. And it's like, there's so <clears> much the fun that can be had with it in terms of like there's a lot of comedy that can come out of that straight away then there's you know the obvious we can use the cement mixer to kill him and you know various other things like that you sort of think oh okay this this Mm. just conceptually it's a good villain so whether he's like his motivations are positive or not
2: Jack's looking at me because I'm not sure if we're about to say the same thing I think we are about to say Hydro Man Well, there's Hydro-Man, yeah. He was created to Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To become Mudman or something. Yeah, right?
1: Um, So there's that amazing ability to put, yeah, to add to to him in a horrifying way. There
2: was a great thing in um, one of the the Spider-Man comics, which was a Sinister Six team-up with Sandman. And this was, I think, round about the time that Sandman decided he was going to go on the straight and narrow. Uh, And so Doc Ock got really annoyed at Sandman and so blasted him with enough heat turn him into glass. And so they had this Sandman statue of glass which Doc Ock was then like I don't need this and so smashed it with his metal tentacles. And then he formed up to become Glassman and was then a lot more deadly because he could then fire glass at people. And it was yeah. Now that's cooler. Yeah.
0: It is. That's right up there with the Wolverine Emma Frost mashup that we've got in Infinity Warps at the moment. Wolverine has a
4: diamond skeleton instead of an adamantine one and wears a really pristine white suit. With the thing with Sandman is, if that's how he works, that if you can change his form, if you think about sand, like most of it's like old fossils <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, if you then turn those fossils into living creatures, does he then become them? Can he, can he be little, lots of little sand men? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and little things that would, like that.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah, I feel like writers
0: really need to play
2: around. With and honestly, at if right? Any... <laughs>
4: He's
1: a really
0: interesting concept. If any of that had actually happened in the comics, i would like him more. Yeah. Right? Okay.
1: So take no marvel, make Sandman more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> did we just pitch a Sandman miniseries? <laughs> yeah, did, totally, yeah. and a good one. <laughs> but no, I mean, Doc Hawk is uh, is a, a fair. No, you see, yeah, I look. like
0: mm. Doc Ock as a villain. I would never, but I think his look is ridiculous. Where How did the glasses come from? <laughs> Roy Roy Orbison. But that's not on... <laughs> but, the haircut. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. That's not on Stan. No, no, that's true. That's on whoever drew Doc Ock the first time. Mm. I don't know who did the characters. It'd have been Ditko, I guess, because it was probably.
2: Like, is it, first, is it, it, was is is it early first, enough
1: to be Dick Ditko? Yes, yeah, like
2: yeah. probably the first five or six issues, I think.
1: The bald haircut and the o- yeah. Orbson glasses are yeah. a horrifying, horrifying <laughs> was, aspect.
2: A, in a way, a lack of originality in a lot of the Spider-Man villains is the fact that they are all twisted scientists. Yeah. yeah, and like he
0: wasn't, and so Sandman obviously actually, wasn't. Actually, and you should know better because you work in a lab, <laughs> all scientists. Are what? Twisted. No, <laughs> that's actually not what I was going to say. No, they're not mad scientists. What hypothesis is Doc Ock actually testing? What theory is he attempting to prove or disprove? He's a mad engineer. was it, well, he was trying to use. he's he was trying to use. In the movie, Norman Osborne Norman born built a glidery thing and some bombs. That's chemistry and engineering, and also his. Attempt
2: at a super soldier serum
1: Which is what made him Which is chemical engineering insane. insane um, And
0: <laughs> And Doc Ock Built a robot a robotic arms. Oh, that's engineering He's not a scientist Lizard was trying oh, to yeah. Lizard a well, scientist lizard. Lizard. Lizard, like, lizard I will give you Lizard to a scientist Yeah He's boring
1: He really is Yeah So boring
0: They rarely do anything good With the lizard It's just a Jekyll Hyde thing It's been done a few Again, times
1: Again And not as well as the Hulk And not yeah. as well as the
0: Hulk Craven the <laughs> Hunter was a good villain yeah.
1: Oh, he is! Yeah. And the outfit, yeah. that's, that's stunning. You know, I'm, I'm,
0: Craven the Hunter has no fashion sense. I'm
2: gutted. I love the, it though. That Sam Raimi never made a fourth Spider Man film because if they. And I heard at one point they were talking about maybe doing Craven the Hunter, and you know it would have been Bruce Campbell oh, as yeah. Craven oh, the Hunter.
1: That's perfect. Oh, I would have yeah. paid oh. so much money to
2: see that. Especially with the Tash and everything, mm. it would have been. That would have really been, been great. would have had
1: to beef up quite a bit though, Because yeah. he? <laughs> he's huge. You could do a lot with foam muscles. And also, yeah, Bruce
0: Campbell's... I mean, he's not ripped, but he's quite old now. But back back in, like, what, early 2000s? Early old. He could have worked out. I mean, look at Hugh Jackman. Look at Hugh Jackman in X-Men, and then look at him in... The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Yeah. And, my goodness, that young man lifted some weight. I suppose big enough paycheck we all would.
1: Well, didn't that... Um,
0: no, no, you I wouldn't. Oh, I'm sure there's a paycheck I'd down quite, there that would. I'd quite like those. <laughs> no, no, I'd quite like those pecs, and I'd quite like those abs, but I'm absolutely not prepared to put in the work that it takes to get those pecs and abs.
1: If you, there's a uh, circulating on the internet, and I've feel like he's a comedian and maybe it's saturday night live but i'm not sure because i'm english this guy basically did essentially the wolverine workout for however long to prove that this is what you have to do in order to have that body because it's Mm -hmm. absolutely unsustainable Mm -hmm. Um, and he went from like having like a little paunchy belly and like being very unfit to being basically ripped as all hell wolverine style and basically he he did this in three four months Mm -hmm. and it, it was literally he had to exercise something like eight hours a day to do it
0: well, it's one of the reasons why Hugh Jackman quit. Yeah. yeah. It's because he's like, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, guys. There's no way I'm keeping this up.
1: Toby Maguire, he had to go from being Spider Man to doing uh, all the other way around. I can't remember which way it is Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit. And he had to go from being ripped as all hell for Spider Man to nothing for Sea Biscuit. And it was horrendous for his and body. And then back to
2: being ripped as all hell for Spider Man's too. And the worst part for Toby Maguire is that he's a vegan. So he can just oh build yeah. up protein. It's just protein. like
1: soy. Yeah. Masses of soy. Yeah.
2: You've got things. like. GM legumes, well, all the legumes, yeah. from machinist to, to, yeah. to Batman. Begin. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, But I think as well, I know
1: Jackman um, did um, Miz as well, and he's oh, yeah, yeah. he, he in gaunt. He's, Mis is he's yeah. just although actually, if you look at you know, what he had to do to himself to, to do that, it's he didn't good. drink for days. It's not, it's not good, horrendous. good It's really so not good bad, bad for well, isn't you. Wasn't that thing
2: that like, any of the the superhero shirtless scenes is they have to basically deprive themselves of any water for like twenty four hours beforehand, it's so like all, all the veins and everything pop up and.
0: That, well, like, it's really it's not good, really good for you. Really not healthy. Yeah. And again, I, I suspect this is why Chris Evans is quitting as Captain America. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that Marvel would re-sign him if he really, if you wanted to renew his contract. Yeah. But why would you? after
1: all this time oh, right. yeah, I think cool. they're going to keep
4: that as quiet as possible
0: I think I think he's leaving as Captain America I don't think they're going to kill him I think he's going to do what I think they're going to do with Robert Downey Jr and they're going to come back in future movies and cameos Most likely. As, I don't think not wants as Iron to Man and Captain in America as but as, so as Steve Rogers and Tony Stark mm. and somebody else will be in the Iron Man suit it'll either be a Riri Williams style character or it'll be Rhodey and it'll be somebody else with the shield I really hope Sam Wilson because I want a black Captain America on screen Oh, are we finished the Stan Lee thing now? Yeah. <laughs> we seem to have really drifted off. Uh, so shall we Shall we, Shall we? Shall we? stop talking about Stan Lee here? Shall we wrap this up? We, we can, can do fair, yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Um, well then, if we can go back to what we were about to do about 20 minutes ago before we start talking about more Stan Lee <laughs> and then wandered off um, because Steve can't stay on target. And for once, uh, it was you. For once, it was you. Uh, There's only one way we can end this. So thank you for listening and... Excelsior! Thank you for listening to the Geeks of the Gate podcast. us on facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of venus rising media and is proudly made in yorkshire
4: Wears knitwear like I wear black. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Like I wear. Geeky like t-shirts. I wear
1: flannel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: my nickname at the shop was Captain Cardigan. Oh okay. Yeah. Still yeah, is. do
1: you know I never
0: got a nickname. I still don't have one. I'm surprised I if it but I don't know how yeah. you could work that I'm in reverse I... Geordie
2: LaForge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I like that.
2: <laughs> Forty Le George, there you
3: Forty go.
4: <laughs> That's
1: how it begins. <laughs> that Matryoshka is held up by, a, by a, a, a fire extinguisher with tape on the back of it. And it's just oh, yeah. it's so delightful. I'm not quite sure what to we'll do with
0: <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what to we'll do in the event of a fire. <laughs>
1: burns quickly I think with the amount of wood in
2: here. I Wanna see if I can find the most terrifying doll. And I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah it's the bear. It's definitely the bear. The bear is just... I sort of wanna own the bear. I quite like him but at the same time <laughs> Yeah. You need to maybe get a copy of Shirtless Bear Fighter next <laughs> to the bear. <laughs> yeah.